Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Shark Pod. I'm here live from Greystone Studios. Uh, Luke Curry, your your host as always. I've got Marky B out there in Glenageary. Marky B, Marky Baker, how's it going? Good. I feel I feel good. I've just got vaxxed for the second time, so okay. uh, I'm feeling some symptoms that I think I'm imagining, but uh, I should be fine. Yeah, it's all in your head. You know, that's what they that's what they say. You know, I think it's the whole thing. Yeah, no, uh, I don't, no, we're uh, we're not going to go down that road today. We could talk all day about that, and we were talking about before this uh, podcast kicked off about you know controlling the controllables, and that's what this podcast is all about. Uh, we're going to have a, a chat about getting your money right, investing, uh, setting yourself up for the future, and this is some, somewhat of a journey that me and Mark started at the end of uh, last year. Um, we like. Uh, we were, I guess we were, the way we were brought up, uh, not a lot of people were talking about investment strategy, um, Mark, uh, you know, in uh, the areas we were growing up, the schools we both went to, um, investment, uh, you know, buying and selling shares, it just didn't really come up that much. And it seemed like it was only for uh, people like, um, uh, it was, who's the guy from Wall Street that's always seems to be in trouble uh, in movies? Uh, Michael Douglas. A businessman in jeopardy. That yeah. guy. Oh, he owned that role. Feel yeah. sorry for him. It's always his fault. It's always his fault. He does it to himself. But you know, it's always about those. Like when I think about uh, stocks and stuff like that when I was growing up, um, it always seemed like something that I could always get around to later on. And I'm going to spend all my money on doing fun things right now. That's kind of what I was at. Which is the opposite, really, to what you should do. You should start because of con- the nature of compound effect. You should start when you're. As early as possible, really. <laughs> exactly. Like if someone said that to you when you're 19, though, and no. you, but like they should have, they should, there should. I know we over probably over talk about secondary school system, but there should be a a class or something on investing. I know it would have been part of business. I actually didn't do business and leaving start, but more so for not as like the theory of you know investing different types or whatever. More like as a person, as an individual how to invest what are some options without without giving you know teachers giving that bad investment advice but you know what i mean i know what you mean like i think it's the the spirit of being able to grow your money or sometimes i'm not a conspiracy theorist but it does seem to be like the special knowledge you have to go looking for like sometimes i think um it's all of the advice that you see on uh the national TV show or national TV uh, RT uh, broadcaster. It's all very, all those money shows are all about, you know, you're too stupid to uh, manage stocks. You have to give that to somebody else to manage. Obviously, you don't know what you're doing. That's high. That's very risky to do that yourself. Um, give me all your money and I'll take a fee and do what you could have done anyway. You know? Well, some um, people want that and that's fine. But, you know. My point is that the only access, it's like in the, in 2020, Two or no 2021 um living in the future here mark uh, 2021 there's no reason why you can't do what they do you can educate yourself it's very very uh it's very very straightforward once you kind of have the right materials and we've been on a bit of a journey like i said with the podcast we've had some great guests like uh oh no mally talking about um you know financial freedom through stocks uh, we had michael houghton on from the irish uh fire podcast great podcast if anybody's interested in um you know, financial independence, retire early uh, lifestyle. Um, I th- so- I'd say that podcast, the episode that we did with him is one of the most impactful that we've had on our guests, that are, or not our guests, our listeners. I think so. People have said it to me. Uh, loads of people have said it and still say it because it's such a such an interesting concept. Of retiring early and being mm. able to kind of do what you want to spend your that kind of time freedom that we were talking about last week as well with our guest. The one of the things that is uh, it's something that people don't really think about because it's all they think it's out of reach but when you actually do the math you're going to be 20 years older anyway you know hopefully and if you're not your your family are going to be better off for mm. for that so there's a, f- a few different things there once we're one we're today we're going to set up like a like what you would do if you're kind of a, a decently paid 35 year old uh person in ireland uh given all of the restrictions that the government have put on you because they don't think that you're smart enough to handle your own stuff um and um 
also kind of all the different accounts that you can open, um, the pros and cons, all that type of stuff. Um, this is not financial advice. It's edutainment. I think that's what they call it. All the podcast, or all the Bitcoin guys call it edutainment. I thought you just, I thought you just coined that word. I was yeah. going to say nice. Um, and of course, Peter McCormick uh, uh, kind of set us right on the uh, the, pot, or the the crypto stuff as well uh, a couple of weeks ago. So um, there's a lot to take in here, Mark. So let's let's kind of kick off here. So if you were thirty, if you were thirty five year old um, and you were making good money, what's what's good money out there? You're you're in a, you're a uh, in the recruitment game. What's a, a decent wage for a thirty five year old living in Dublin or living in Ireland, say? Mm, depending on depending on what your lifestyle is you know if, if you're single if you have a family um it's very it's it's a tough thing to say because you don't want to you don't know what everybody's on you don't know like make people feel bad <laughs> is seventy five thousand a good wage for a 35 i'd say that that is probably an an aspirational number um I think that you should be looking at that for sure. Yeah. At least the look that again, everybody's different. Depends on where you live in Dublin, yeah. South Dublin. I think you to be comfortable to to run a, a household. You need to be looking at that and and looking to improve on it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So let's say that you've been quite diligent um, and you've you know you got a, you start working when you're twenty three, twenty four, and you've put some money away, just storing it in cash, and say you've got twenty k to twenty uh, k to your name. Uh, like just in savings, just in cash, just kind of sitting there rotting away in uh, inflation and all that good mm. stuff. Mm. And the way Joe Biden's printing that money, um, it's going to go up to probably, you know, maybe 10% or something like that. Um, so 10% a year of your money. So just it's whittling away anyway. You want to get it working for you. Um, I think Tony Robbins has something to say about that. Hold on one second. Uh, Tony, are you there? Tony? One of the biggest caveats is you hear all this argument about socialism versus capitalism. You look at our society, why is that happening? 60% of Americans don't even have $1,000 saved for retirement. 40% say if they had an emergency and needed $400, they couldn't raise it. How is that possible in the greatest economy in the world? Because we're taught to become consumers, not owners. And so the first step, obviously, is understanding that you're not going to earn your way to a fortune. Even people that do that don't usually keep it. you got to make money while you sleep. And the only way to do that is understand compounding. So if a child is a young person, 19, 20 years old, puts aside $50 a week, they put it in the market over historical returns, it's $2.2 million. But you might say, I'm not 19. So we created a chart here for you if you want to throw it up that you should know what your number is. If you're 20, you need $3,000 a year. If you're 40, you know, you need 15,000 a year. If you're 50, you got to put away $37,000 a year to have a million dollars. So that's Tony Robbins shouting out uh, what do you think what he thinks you need to kind of think about your retirement. We're talking about a 20-year horizon and you've got 20k. Uh, Tony Robbins is a great place to start if you're looking to get your get your head around all of this kind of stock market stuff. He spent a few years talking to the best stock investors in the world and came up with uh, a book uh, which is really quite heavy. It's uh, called mm-hmm. Money Master the Game. Um, I read that big impact on me as well. Um, talks about you know all of the different. Uh, aspects of investing it really is quite a, a big tome though uh, he came out with a uh, a second book called unshakable um your guide to financial freedom um and that's kind of a, a lighter way to kind of break into that gives you all the nuts and bolts and also gives you some inspiration as to uh, why you should be investing um he talks about stuff like the it's not the it's not timing the market it's time in the market that matters um and because if you mm. uh, missed, say, the, the top 10 trading days in a 10-year period, your uh, overall growth in your portfolio was halved, right? So you got to be in. So there's no point in trying to time it. Um, and sometimes mm. I think that, I was thinking about this today when I was coming up with this podcast, and I was thinking about um, work is a little bit like that. It's not timing, getting in at the right time a lot of the time. It's it's how long you've been there or how long you've been in an industry um, it's, it, rather than, timing of the industry because when i was i was always trying to start businesses and stuff like that in my 20s and i was i was trying to look for the right time and sometimes uh, an idea would come and go and i'm like oh that i could have got in at the right time there or whatever but um mm-hmm. I th- as i get older i think i see the people around me uh the people that are like in seat the longest are doing something you know well uh the longest and also telling people about it uh, they seem to be doing well what do you think mark yeah Definitely. I noticed that when I worked in a, in a bank, in a banking environment, I was pretty confident that, you know, I was good at my job, <clears throat> but there was people doing the same job as me just by the nature of circumstances that happened at the time. It was around the time of the recession. 
were getting paid twice, even three times as much as me for doing the same job because they were there longer. And that's when I just thought, Jesus, I don't know if if I can wait that long. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that yeah. so I think as an employee, I don't know. I thought it was great in a way for like it was quite secure if you stay in in a certain sector just by the nature of being there longer. You will obviously pick up more skill sets, but you don't necessarily have to be the better skilled person to get paid more just because yeah. it's just because you're you're just older and you're there longer but i think as an entre- entrepreneurship is completely different though you could time. time it right okay yeah okay That's interesting. so this guy so we're going back to that 35 year old guy uh he's 20 grand in the in the bank um he's terrified of investing that money he doesn't want to lose anything he's worked hard for that money mark Joe, mm. um, he has a lot of respect for money, which we're going to talk about is probably the worst aspect to have in your investment game. Um, you want to make sure that you don't really care about money. You've, your ethos is, I can always make more money. This is anything that I make in the markets is gravy. If I lose money, I'm okay with that. Um, you know, this this whole thing of every uh, every financial institution out there, you know, they say, oh, you know, your money can go down as well as up. You know, your money's at risk. The only risk is that you're sitting on the sideline with your 20K and it's whittling away. You didn't need that mm. money anyway. You've been sitting in there for five years, not doing anything. Um, so if you took that 20K, right, and you invest it in the stock market and you get a 7% return, and we'll talk about how to get a 7% return. People think Some people think that's kind of unrealistic to kind of guarantee that. Um, but we're going to talk about some strategies there and a very kind of simple one that anyone can do. Um, with no knowledge whatsoever. I'm going to tell you how to do that. Um, uh, and 7% per year. And if you add 2,000 per month to that pot, 2,000 a month, Mark, mm. you you got to find that money. I know people are going to be like, 2,000 a month to invest. Whatever you, you, you can always make more money doing what you're doing. You just need to think about it. But if you mm. have two grand per month to put into the into your investments in 20 years, what do you think you'll have? Start with 20K, 2k a month 20 years 7% you're an accountant what do you think Mark that's the problem it's very hard to to see that far down the line and really hard to calculate it when it's compounding effect unless you have a simple calculator but I don't know I have no idea so you'd be 55 and you'd have 1 million six or 1 million uh, and 61,000 euro so that's Starting with 20. twenty and then putting twenty four in a year for twenty years. Twenty years. And if there was no compound effect, let's say hypothetically, just for context or comparative purposes, how much would that be approximately? Approximately like three hundred and something k. Okay, and then inflation on top of that, it wouldn't be worth exactly. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if you were so you're talking. Yeah. It's a different lifestyle, right? Yeah, it's completely um, different, yeah. So when, you, when you're calculating the kind of the number that you'd need uh, at that stage, uh, and we'll talk about something called uh, the rich life afterwards. Uh, I just got, I listened to a podcast the other day um, on Tim Ferriss's podcast with R- Ramit Sethi. He talks about how all this kind of financial planning and investing and stuff like that, you can become like what we, we call in, uh, in Dublin a real scab. Do you know what I mean? So he tries to avoid people becoming scabs while they're on the on the road to financial freedom. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like real tight. People don't like that type of you know. So he talks mm. about how to how to kind of balance that. So we might talk about that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but two k a month, you'll end up with uh, just over a million when you're fifty five. So what that means for for you is when you're fifty five, you'll have let's say the the ideal so the the fire number for people that have never come across fire, which is uh, financial independence retire early uh number is basically what you can live on at four percent of your portfolio because you're saying it's going to grow by four percent there's going to be dividends of four percent um per year so at four percent at a million uh it's still only 40 grand a year mm. so you, know, you have to have a million to have 40 grand a year just pure income mm. from that right and that doesn't take into account you know, you, so you're still keep you're still keeping the million then yeah yeah that's pure. That's not going down at all. That's income. Yeah. That's uh, shares of the profit of all the companies you own. Not bad. Do you think you could live on forty grand a year? If you had to, you'd rather have it. I'm sure. 
Well, you could also do, you don't have to do nothing though. That's the thing. Like you could, exactly. you could do anything you want then. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this, and this is a, this is just something to, to look at. And when people are thinking about this, a lot of our listeners uh, are younger, but some of them, most of them, I'd say the bulk of them are in kind of 28 to 35 year range they may not have got going yet this is something mm. that they can once they start getting going it just when for me it was the hardest thing in the world to actually get involved in this because mm. i had a I had a, a bad experience in my early to or my mid-20s when i was working in a um a stockbroking company and i was trying to keep up with the guys you know and i didn't mm. know too much about it i opened a a trading account in uh, ig uh, index um which is a spread betting uh company so spread betting is basically a, a tax-free way of um, making money from the markets going up or down um, it's a leveraged product so you put in 10 they kind of give you the exposure of um, at the time it was 200 to 1 or something now it's only 20 to 1 <laughs> probably would have been uh, better <laughs> for that back then but basically give you the exposure as if you've got 20 times your money um, mm -hmm. so you can get in and out of the market <laughs> and uh, profit from market moves um, and it's technically betting so it's tax-free uh, it's kind of a gray area, but, you know, uh, you can't write down any of your losses and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, in the my early mid-20s, I had, you know, the money that I had saved, I'd put on that. And we were kind of betting on, I was getting these tips from the lads in, uh, in the stockbroking firm. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, buying oil futures. And I didn't know what the, f I didn't know what I was doing. Right. So all you that might as well be <laughs> logging on to Paddy Power. <laughs> yeah. But because you're wearing a suit and tie, you think you know something, right? Mm -hmm. Um so that all that money's gone. It wasn't it was a tiny amount of money anyway. Um mm. but it, it kind of burnt my fingers a little bit. Do you know? But but that was the complete opposite to what we're talking about. We're what we're talking about is the ultimate in delayed gratification. Exactly. You were looking for something instantaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you want it when you're young. That's that's when it's most fun, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cash. And there's ways like you can have like an allocation of cash that you do. Um, you kind of like you know interday trading and stuff like that. We can talk about that mm -hmm. if you like. Um, but the the main kind of takeaway from the first part of this is that if you're 35, it's not too late to become a millionaire through investing. You do have to do a little bit of work when you're kind of putting your money away. Um, mm. But once you get going, once I took the the plunge to start uh, buying stocks again uh, or buying you know investments uh, again. Um, it gets really addictive. Every paycheck that you get, I'm like, okay, where am I going to put this? You know, mm. and uh, every time you get your paycheck and you invest it, you get more and more. Um, you get more and more confident, even when it goes down. You're, the first thing you think of is, like, yeah, oh, this is great. The the stock market's on sale today. You know, let's buy it. Like the other day, if you were to, um, uh, Amazon, uh, missed their quarterly targets for the first time since. 2008 or, or sorry 2018 um so in a day they had gone down six percent right so mm. i'm like i yeah, i think that they're going to be more than a <laughs> they're going to grow more than six percent in the next year or the next 20 mm. years it's a good yeah, time yeah, yeah. You know, so you start to think like that um and you know then you'll bump into people um who are investing and they like you'll just get into conversations with people and you'll see what they're doing and you get a little bit of fomo you see a friend of mine made over 50 grand in a crypto trade and i'm like okay now that's that evening gone i have to go figure out what's going on here <laughs> you know I mean? so um once you get going uh it, it's kind of hard to stop which is great because you know it's uh it's all good as long as you can control that and you've got kind of different pots for yeah. speculative stuff pots I, like i've got one pot that's my main pot now and i look at that as my son's money mm. that's almost nothing to do with me you could it's it's that's generational money right mm. that's going to be for a house or whatever happens afterwards um but it's going to be um that's going to be for them okay um and then you know if i get dividends when i'm 20 years older or whatever great Joe. um okay so when you're going to start investing there's a few different options that can, you can do uh one you can buy options but we won't be talking about that today uh, we're going to talk about kind of buying buckets of uh, shares so um you're a busy man you're an entrepreneur you know, you've got you've got stuff to do, um, and you're an artist and all that type of stuff as well. Um, so you know, sitting around looking at P and L sheets uh, and balance sheets of companies, you know, way down the ticker tape. You know, it does take a lot of effort to figure out you know, the type of value investing. Mm -hmm. um, so 
a good way to do that is just to get exposure to the market is to buy an ex exchange traded fund, which is basically a bucket of uh, lots of different shares in a certain market. Um, and it tries to track the, either the FTSE 100 uh, in England or the DAX in Germany or X, Y, and Z, the US market usually um, as well. You can even buy a, an ETF that is the world index. So basically you're betting on the world not not collapsing. Mm. <laughs> you know? mm. And all of these ones will have uh, different, um, you know, obviously different returns and different kind of outlooks. Uh, but you can build a, a really kind of diverse, uh, diversified portfolio with ETFs uh, in a very, very cheap way. They're super, super cheap because they're not actively managed, right? Um, so if you're somebody who doesn't want to think about it, you want to set and forget, ETFs mm. are the way to go. And what, what platform are you using to do this? So the indigenous platforms here are kind of, in my opinion, from the experience that I have, are kind of poor or expensive, right? So what a lot of people are using uh, these days is DGiro. Uh, so that is D E. Uh, D E uh, G E R I O Giro, um, and these guys were based out of um, the Netherlands, um, but now they've been they've merged with a, a German bank. So basically, they're you know regulated in Germany, pretty, I would say, pretty kind of safe as safe as you can kind of as you can mm -hmm. get. You know, um, so you set up a, an account with these guys um, again, not financial advice. <laughs> Um, this is just if you were that a random 35 year old this is what I would say to him set up a mm -hmm. DeGiro account because the transaction fees are so so cheap um, they're even so you get one free ETF purchase per month with those guys um, so say if you just want to buy if you just want to be super conservative and you just want to buy one ETF for the world index you can do that or mm -hmm. if you want to buy an inflation linked bond of you know Euro European country bonds Mm -hmm. You can do that, you know, just one a month, um, or you can build whatever type of um, whatever type of portfolio you want with that. Um, so I'd say DeGiro is probably your best bet uh, when it comes to that. Uh, if you want the ETF stuff, um, there it is. There are some limitations when it comes to when it comes to DeGiro. Um, it doesn't have all of the stocks that I would want on there. It has a certain amount of them. It has loads of them. But if you're if you're looking to get more specific, sometimes it doesn't allow you to do that. Um, there's a there's a big kind of a European wide uh, dir directive that came out a few years ago, um, and it stopped basically without getting too deep into it. It stopped the uh, the ability of European uh, regular investors to buy ETFs that are domiciled in the US. Okay, because of some tax okay. stuff, and so you have to buy all your ETFs within Europe. And DiGiro just kind of only allows you to buy things in Europe. It doesn't really have any um exposure to things in america in in a lot of ways you know so okay it's a little bit limited but if you're not getting too deep into it and you just want to do etfs go for it right that's your that's your best bet and um, one of the biggest drawbacks in ireland of using etfs is that they qualify for what's called deemed disposal okay something that kept me up at night i hated it so much <laughs> um so every eight, eight years and um, the irish government deems that you've disposed of your of your asset um, and charges you a 41% um, exit tax on that, right? So mm. if you're an Irish citizen, you're cut off at the knees. None of the other citizens of Europe are like this. It's only Ireland, as far as I know, um, at, at 41%, right? So if your strategy is to um, is to get like our, our original strategy where you were, um, when you were 35, 20 grand, 2K a month, mm. um, it kind of affects the trajectory of that by probably... I didn't do the exact math on that, but something like 200 grand. Okay. <laughs> so, um, because of the compounding. So it really is, uh, if you're the long-term investor, there are, in my opinion, uh, there are some other options out there that I would prefer. Mm. Um, so if you're, so that's, if you're just the bread and butter stuff, you want to go for ETFs. Um, if you want to get a little bit more kind of complicated, I would, um, I would direct people to Ray Dalio's we know Ray Dalio from Principles, the book that we read the other day. I'm, I'm still listening to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Ray, you know, the biggest uh, hedge fund manager of all time, all that good stuff. Um, he worked with Tony Robbins to come up with uh, what he would have done with his, all, like he calls it the all-weather portfolio. Um, mm. And it, the, it basically it's returned 7.7% uh, 7 
over the last 10 years. Super, super solid. Um, if you want to build that portfolio, you can do that with ETFs, um, mm. with about five ETFs. Um, and you can find that on lazyportfolioetf.com. It'll tell you exactly the ones to buy. Joe. Okay. Um, so if people want to just invest like Ray Dalio, uh, you could do a lot worse than that, right? Um, you will have to buy ETFs um, on something like DeGiro, and you will be cut off at the knees at 41% every every eight years, and you'll have to file a tax return every every year after eight years because that the next eight-year period elapses, you know? Mm. So it, become, it becomes very messy. So, um, yeah, so that, that would be your route to, you know, investing there at the same time you can get angry about that 41 percent tax but in the meantime you could have gone up 30 percent um year over year compounding you probably wouldn't have but <laughs> you know what i mean like you'll still make money um just not as much as people that don't live in ireland yeah you know so yep. mark when you were in secondary school did anyone sit you down and tell you about this no i wish they did so if you if you started when you're 18, you could do this with like 50 euro a month. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's it's a it's an it's an annoying thing. But I think it's a good thing to teach your kids. 100. percent Like mm. my kids are going to have like well, I already you know I've put some something in place, and we're going to talk about that as well. There's all different ways of making sure that getting the most out of your money by kind of planning for it now that that's that's the biggest thing it doesn't matter you don't have to be rich to to plan with your money but all rich people plan their money mm. do you like know that kind of way um and so i had been thinking about all of these um these etfs and the taxes and stuff like that and i did a lot of research mark mm. about how to you know you know i'd rather you know pay a fee or something to an investment manager to avoid that right obviously yeah so i i went down the rabbit hole a little bit and um if anybody really wants to get a, a good understanding of what I'm about to talk about, uh, Michael Houghton's uh, Fire Irish Fire podcast did a great podcast on this a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, like so, there's these things in the UK. Basically, there are a lot of them are in the UK. Um, they're called investment trusts, and these investment trusts are companies that make money from investing. So they're publicly traded companies. You buy shares in them. Um, they're not like ETFs where it's a, a an open-ended fund where anyone can buy you know as many units as they like the more money that comes into an etf to just buy more stuff you know and with these guys they're not raising money um in the same way and they have a certain amount of funds at their disposal that the company makes and what they do is they buy you know stocks they think are going to go up in the long term um i came across these originally when i was working in valuations in davy um, there's a few of the these type of investment trust things kept coming up, and I remembered a few of their names, and I was like, "What? What are the rich people getting involved in here?" Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that's how I I got kind of in, down the rabbit hole on these guys. But there's about 400 of these in the UK, and they give you the give you exposure to basically anything you want. So there's ones that are that have been around for over 100 years that have serious uh, balance sheets. They're the ones that I like. You know, ones that are very um, uh, you know, they're never, it's like any company stock. It's never going to be safe, but you know, if they've been around for a hundred years, it is a good sign that they're doing something right. Yeah. Um, and some of these, uh, investment trusts do really, really well. Um, one of the biggest one, I think it is the biggest one, um, is Scottish mortgage, um, uh, Scottish mortgages, which is, they don't really do mortgages anymore, but they started about 112 years ago. Um, they've returned, uh, 871% over the last 10 years. Jesus. Right. And you know you don't know if it's going to do it again or whatever, but mm. um, and I like these investment trusts because it's kind of like it's kind of like backing people, uh, <laughs> you know, because like, mm. you you know who the fund manager is. Um, that guy's name is James Anderson. He's delivered something like seventeen hundred percent since he's been the fund manager there. You know, like real, you know, and you can read lots of like, he does lots of blogging and stuff, and you get your kind of newsletter of what their strategy is going to be, and I just really like it. Um, mm. also as of right now, um, it doesn't get, uh, it doesn't affect deemed disposal. Um, I'm not okay. a tax advisor, but it doesn't count under that because mm. it's like investing in PepsiCo. PepsiCo invests in all these companies that make food. You know, it's an investment company, you know, rather than yeah. a, anything else. Um, 
So if you wanted to get some exposure to certain markets, like I've got um, some stuff in like, like there's a Japan fund, there's a, um, this, like any, basically anything that you can get with an ETF, give or take. Um, they mm. don't track directly with ETFs in the same way that, or, uh, with kind of stock indexes um, as closely. Um, and they try to beat them. That's their, their whole thing. Um, and there's some interesting stuff as well. Like they've got, there's a JP Morgan one um, where it gives you what's called an enhanced dividend, which is they kind of like, not guarantee, but they really shoot to give a 4% dividend every year. And they've done that for donkey's years, you know? So if you're what, like, what's, what's the fees? So the fees there, it's all like they take their fee out of the, out of the stock price kind of thing. Um, so the fees, I think they go up and down, but they're more than give or take between one and 2%, um, given how active they are. Mm. And like, if you look at how kind of lean some of the, the portfolios they have, like they're all real hand selected stocks that I just don't have time to do. And mm. I don't mind paying that. I know Tony Robbins hates giving management fees to, mm. to these guys, but like for me, I'd rather do that and try to do well. And then not have um, not have that 41% mm. uh, tax every eight years for investing for the long term. Um, yeah. So there's there's one thing to keep in mind. If people want to just Google uh, investment, tr- investment Trust UK and you'll be able to figure out, you know, does any of those ones seem attractive? Um, also, one of the things about Investment Trust is that you can buy them at a discount. Um, so given, so because they, they're traded on the, the, the FTSE or the, you know, the, london stock exchange let's say mm-hmm. their prices go up and down with the market so say if the market has a shitty day they'll probably have a shitty day too um, and sometimes they've got what they call uh, the net asset value so let's say um, a company owns like 50 percent of its thing in tesla and other 50 percent in google or whatever right mm-hmm. and they're like like the their balance sheet their net asset value on the balance sheet is a billion pound um you can buy shares as if it's 10 to 15 percent less than that given the day volatility in the market so you're buying assets at a discount uh, when you buy these guys not all the time sometimes it's a premium so but you do have the opportunity to do that and you don't have that opportunity when you're um when you're buying etfs okay we got you okay am i losing you am i, am I is this all no, okay no. no i've some of this is right is i've I have in my head from years ago, but uh, it's all coming back. Yeah, my my auditing of funds because this is important. I want you to, I want people to listen to this and you know get back to us if you think that's going to be uh, it's too over your head. It shouldn't be like it's, I'm, I'm trying to keep it as uh, mm. as light as possible. Um, so with my strategy or what I would suggest to somebody is to take uh, this is really broad advice, the kind of a consensus advice. Take your age. Um, and sub, uh, subtract that from a hundred, and that's your ratio for equities versus bonds. Why is that? Because as you get older, you need less volatility. See, if I if I'm oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if I'm uh, my son who's eight months old, he's got a lot of time to make that money back if he loses mm. money. If you're sixty-two, you need that on autopilot. You don't want any mm. volatility at all. So every year that you get older, your allocation should reflect that. Okay, yeah. yeah. So for this 35-year-old guy, um, it would be looking at 65%, um, a 35% split. How he gets that 35%, he can do it through, an, I think, in an investment trust, he can do that as well. I don't have any of, my, um, any of that in, in uh, the investment trust, but there's stuff like BlackRock uh, core bond funds that you can get like that. Mm-hmm. Um and you kind of manage it that way. Um, but one of the biggest kind of uh, hurdles that I had when I was trying to get these investment trusts, um, I was, they're not available on all platforms. So I went to places like uh, Davy Stockbrokers, um, but their fees were just crazy. I don't know what year they're living in. It's nuts. I don't know what their problem is. Who I don't know. Yeah. And one of the things I think when they're b- best assets is, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> Maybe not right now, but their their reputation. Mm. <laughs> As in, if you like, say, if you went to your mom or whatever, and she inherited X amount of euro, and you're like, okay, let's put this in the market, and you say we're putting it into Giro, she'd be like, what? And you're mm. like, we're putting it in Davy, like, okay, 
better better the devil you know <laughs> that's what it is it's it, mm. it's a uh, it's very you know they've got that you know they're, they're the only one that people know you know mm. um so what i would suggest is uh there's a company called um or you know i'm not giving advice but there is a company out <laughs> we've there. said that <laughs> <laughs> but there is uh there's a company called interactive brokers um oh, i know them yeah yeah so they're uh, a company actually based out of the uk or sorry us but they've got a an irish entity um so mm. irish people are allowed to set up accounts and it is brilliant it is super low fees they have absolutely everything um they've got tools for you know like lots of different kind of uh portfolio analyst stuff so you can look at what your how your portfolio is doing um it seems to me all of the security stuff even like logging in you have to they'll send you a message you know it's two-factor login it's mm. very it feels you know when you know when something feels good when you're in there yeah, like, yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is legit you know mm-hmm. um so that's kind of for interactive brokers that's what you'd be using for your for your pile for 20 years that's what i would okay. that's what that this guy might be might do say interactive brokers yeah. if he wants to buy investment trusts that's that's where he should be hanging out mm-hmm. yeah if he wants to just do the etf stuff the giro is way easier to use interactive brokers is a little bit you have to figure out you know there's lots of like tutorials and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it's not as intuitive it feels a bit more professional okay you know? um so so etfs uh, you could go to G- the giro it's really cheap or um interactive brokers um then there's then there's that type of that's that's the the main part of money. Then is the whole other side of getting your money right. Is kind of looking after the people around you, right? So mm-hmm. if you've got kids, if he's thirty five and he's got two kids, right? Um, when he either dies or gets a big lump sum and wants to help his kids, you know, for something in the future, whatever it is, right? There's a certain mm-hmm. amount of tax free gift or inheritance they're allowed to have per. Mm-hmm child um i forget exactly what it is but say if it's 350 or something thousand right so that includes the house that's the whole kit and caboodle right um what you can do also is you can set they've got these uh they've got these products um there's one in zurich um uh zurich life where you can put 6k a year away tax-free for your uh for your child in a uh, trust basically and they'll invest that money in stocks for that child um and it doesn't count towards that upper limit of inheritance because every year um you're allowed you and your wife are allowed to give 6k a year to anybody so tax-free they don't have to pay gift tax or inheritance tax or whatever that's just the rules um mm-hmm. and so over say 18 years if you put 6k a year, 6k what <laughs> if you have <clears throat> so is that per per kid or together yeah. no per child okay so over the years, if you have that type of <laughs> that type of seven percent return with that type of investment, I think it comes out at one hundred eighty grand or something when they're eighteen. And how much is that a month? Sorry. So a month is five hundred a month. Five hundred a month, and if you have two, obviously you're talking a, a thousand because it wouldn't be it would be fair. <laughs> yeah. But, all right. So interesting. So basically, they set up, they're set up. One of the drawbacks there is that you can't. Uh, it's their money when they're eighteen. That's madness. <laughs> it's madness, isn't it? It's a trust you can, yeah. you don't have control over it. But that's what that's for, I assume. Is it is it, and and still there's no kind of approval needed from a parent. They haven't no approval at incorporated all. that into it. No, because what you're doing is it's a gift. You've given that that they own it. You know. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. don't have to tell them about it, though. That's our pro- that's our plan. <laughs> Do you know, if eighteen comes around, and he's not ready. Say, I don't know. I don't know. What, I never heard of any of this. <laughs> they'll never hear this podcast now. Um, just keep an eye out for the post yeah exactly um so the so that's a an irish life not sorry an irish life um a zurich, a, a zurich uh product uh for saving for why children. why zurich over anybody else um they're just the ones that i researched mm. there might be other providers as well i'd say they would be but these guys zurich have uh a quite attractive kind of funds that they'll invest in like and why wouldn't interactive brokers have it like that Interactive brokers is basically they they don't do anything for you. It's self-directed. It's a trading platform. Gotcha. It's mm-hmm. not like even setting up a, a joint account's a pain. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's very much just for a professional, not just for a professional, but it's kind of aimed at the, I think at that 
uh, you know, not advanced. What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like established trader people that know that what they're doing. Um, yeah. The Zurich Life one is just like set it and forget it. Every quarter they'll take X amount out of your bank account. They'll do the mm. rest. They'll even you will have to pay that forty one percent every eight years in that setup. Mm. Um, because technically it is an investment fund that you're putting the money into, but you will have the uh, like they do all that for you. At least you don't have to file anything, Joe. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you get the benefit of not paying gift tax. So on the on the balance, yeah, is worth it. And you don't have to. You don't have to see it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't feel it as much. But you can log in and see it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to. That's for sure. Um, okay, so that's the that's that's the the way you'd set that up. There's another way to set kind of investments up as well that we should talk about, which is doing it through a, a pension. Um, so what I've described there is not through the the kind of the pension setup, um, because I hate 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 the idea of not being able to get my money till I'm fifty or fifty five. And having the government tell me when I can take it out, you know, and how you can take it out, yeah, yeah, I just don't like that idea. So, um, there are some drawbacks to, to, um, for that, obviously, because anything you put into a pension, it's kind of like beyond the tax wall, and then you mm. pay tax, so it it allows grow kind of in a tax free way, and then mm. when you retire at fifty, fifty five, sixty, you get to, you know, either pay tax on it then or you know. Who knows what mm. the rules will be? <laughs> you know? Um, so I liked being able to have an interactive broker's account. If I want one day, I might move to a, uh, you know, a, con- a country that doesn't have capital gains tax, you know, if you wanted to. Um, mm. And, you know, cash in there, live there for a year, come back. I mean, I don't know if I want to do that, but you could. But if you just put in a pension, it's gone until you're 50, mm. you know? Uh, 55 so 50 is the minimum but they're moving it to 55 Mm. Uh, and then when you get to 54 do they put it to 76 who knows Mm. so um and then like you know so it's just i just don't i want to avoid dealing with the government and my money (laughs) completely i don't know why they're involved for all the bitcoin i already paid tax on this money what's this about tax me again it's crazy Mm -hmm. um like we were saying before uh to one of the guests like they're always there when you like, when you make your gain, they're always there with their bag, with their mooching bag, you know. But when you make your loss, it's like you can't find them. They're not trying to bail you out, you know. Um, although you can book your losses for later. Um, we won't get into that now. But if you wanted to really get clever with ETFs, there's a way of like tax harvesting. But every month you'd have to look at the kind of losers. You sell that and buy something that's similar, while it's down. Oh, okay, then, yeah. Then at the end of the year, you have lots of kind of paper losses. But like this guy's thirty five, he's got two kids. Yeah, he doesn't have time for that. Mm. You know, that's the most important thing to remember. Yeah, yeah. So interesting stuff there. Okay, so we've covered what you would do there. You build it out either just through one or two ETFs that give you broad. Exposure. So are you saying this this is an alternative to a standard pension? There's well, you can do this within a, a pension if you want. The biggest benefit there would be, well, the biggest pension or the biggest uh, benefit there it would be that you wouldn't have to pay tax on the selling of things when Mm. you sell and buy stuff. But if you're only buying stuff, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, Well, it does matter because you can buy ETFs within a pension and sell them and you wouldn't get that, that Mm. big 41% every eight years or whatever. Um, But there's some other stuff like only a few places have those kind of active pensions um, with like good kind of options. Like to my best of my knowledge, you can't do that with the Giro. Um, you'd have to do it through something like Davy, and they've got all types of fees. So they would really eat into that um, over the years. And like, again, the flexibility turns me off, but like mm-hmm. maybe for some people who don't want any to, to kind of think about that, you know, and they're happy enough to keep it in there tax-free until. Mm. Well, a lot of people's jobs contribute. They have an employer contribution. They're kind of, if they stick in at least 5%, they'll match 5%, so they might as well, you know. They definitely might as well, and I would say mm. this guy probably already has one of those, and he's probably got mm. Mm. he's probably got twenty three grand in there that he doesn't really even think about, doesn't even think that it's his. You know, it has no ownership. Yeah. He's probably not logged into that portal, doesn't really know what that's invested in. You know, you just talk to the guy who came to the office once. Do you know, yeah, I'm that guy. So that's all. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say so. Am I. <laughs> so uh, he might have, you know, an extra bit of pension at some other job he had. It's all messy. Though. Yeah, he's not taking. He's not taking hold of it. Joe. 
Just getting packs of information in the in the post still <laughs> years later, still not understanding what those fifty pages contain. Exactly. So this is kind of taken um mm. taken uh hold of that. Um so we've gone through that. Okay, let's let's have a, a, a chat about uh, maybe some of the resources you could you should do before jumping in. Um there's a few different uh books that are good. Money Master of the Game by Tony Robbins and all of inv- all of those investors that he talks to there. Um his second book, Unshake uh, Unshakeable, uh, Your Guide to Financial Freedom. You know what? I would probably recommend that you know, two hundred pages. Get involved there. You know, like something that the other I, one's a big I remember trying to read that before. <clears throat> yeah. I think I read the whole thing, but it's a bit heavy. Sure. Yeah. This is this one uh, I think that's why he released this one. It's like this is if people said there's way too deep in the weeds. Tony, give me the give me the nuts here. So Yeah. So Tony lets you know everything uh you need to know kind of there. Um there's a couple other ones that are kind of for extra credit. One, if you're into <laughs> if you're into uh trading and you wanna be you wanna have you know, uh, be really active in the in the stock market. There's a brilliant, the best book I've ever read, read about this type of thing. Do not get it on audiobook. I got it on audiobook again recently. It was an absolute disaster. Like, see, uh, diagram oh, four point yeah. six. Oh god, <laughs> over and over again. It's really really bad. But the actual book is really good. It's called Mastering the Trade by John F. Carter, um, and it just gives you, like, gives you everything you need to know uh, about you know, trying to make money, uh, interday on the markets. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's up to you. If you want to give that a go, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's tough. It's more tough because of the psychology. Um, like basically I've been, uh, back on the IG index. I'm spread betting again, way, way lower, uh, amounts, you know, really conservative, mm-hmm. but it is the most emotional, thing it's almost it, it's so emotionally draining and the numbers mm. are so small <laughs> but it's like betting on paddy power <laughs> it's like being wrong is so hard to take as humans and mm. the other day i had a trade that was that went against me and i knew it was wrong and i wanted to feel what i felt like to let it keep going and i was doing that on purpose and I wanted to see what that what that was like if it just if it kept going like so. And I was up for the month, so I was just saying, okay, what happens here? Maybe it will turn around. Maybe I really mm. was right. I mm. wasn't, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it just kept going down and down and down, and I was sweating. And the money is not that much, like, but it's mm. it's the the fear of loss in humans. It's a monkey thing, mm. and it's the fear of loss in that is like real time. And then when I look at my uh, you know, my portfolio of investments, you know, if it's up mm. or down a day, it doesn't fall. I don't, I don't, these are, I'm thinking about 20 years from now, but when you're thinking 20 minutes from now, it's a completely different thing. So if people want to do that and they want to try to make money, you know, month over month, go for it, yeah. but you'll need a book. But your, like your conclusion for you that investing is, it has to be long-term. The time horizon has to be 20 years. Otherwise it's just, it's not an efficient use of energy for making money in the short term. It's definitely not. It's just, it's basically, I would say, um, the investing is not for you anyway. Like, yeah, like I got could be somebody else who might enjoy that rush. Yeah. It's, uh, I enjoy it too, Mark. That's the problem. I know. Um, uh, but my, my point is the, um, I think you need to, if you can focus on a reason to make money, that's, I think that's a, a big thing for people as well. Um, they might be making that 75k a year and it's kind of enough you know they can pay everything they go on a nice holiday maybe once a year mm. that's fine but if you have these goals of okay i want to have a million in a portfolio by x state oh you'll find another way to get that 2k a month in mm. you know, I? Yeah, I think it's great to have some uh somewhere to kind of aim for um yeah. so other things and what about other well, areas of investment then did you are you going to include that in this like as in bitcoin property yeah, so if you if you want to talk about Bitcoin, Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency, it's a it's a really interesting space. We've had some people on the podcast recently, and it's just it's it's where the kind of growth is. It's where the volatility is. Although I read an in, in, uh, interesting stat the other day where Bitcoin is less volatile than the bottom twenty five percent of the S and P five hundred, which I found really interesting because that's the benchmark mm. stock, you know. Um, so kind of interesting there every year it's getting less volatile so it's becoming more of a normal thing um but again that would need to be long term as well 
That's not a short term thing. It needs to be long term. And it's kind of like, mm. I want to have some, uh, just so my kids aren't like, Daddy, what were you thinking? Mm. Not getting involved with this. And then the Bitcoin overlords own everything. Mm. Do you know? It is susceptible to, like, it's it's risky um, because it's kind of anti-government. All of the other stuff that we're talking about today, the government is like involved. Do you know, they're getting mm-hmm. their 41%. They're happy enough sitting back. Why would they, why would they ruin a good thing? Do you know? Um, but the Bitcoin stuff, um, if they decide to outlaw that, I know a lot of people say that, oh, that's the best thing they could do because it makes it more scarce and stuff. I'm like, I don't know about that. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the the Chinese government the other day um, outlawed for-profit education. Really? A $100 billion industry in China. Jesus. They they thought it was getting crazy. All the Chinese people, it was like all of the rich people were sending their kids to these crazy expensive grind schools. Uh, Shout out to my boy, Chris. Um, Chris Lauder. We didn't have any plans in China. He's going to get an influx of Chinese applicants. Um, Mm. But yeah, so they, they outlawed that overnight. And all these, there's one company in particular that was a $50 billion market cap Chinese uh, company. Went to like zero. Gone. Jesus. So, so that can happen. Um, mm. so that's why, like, with those types of things, um, I know the people we have on, and I, I believe them that it's going to go well. Um, but it's at, I guess, it's in and around 40K. Bitcoin's about $40,000. Bitcoin is the most pristine of those ones, you know, but... You know, that's probably yeah. people say that goes to a million, you know, sometime in the next five years. I believe that it probably could do that. Mm. Um, there's a one percent chance I'd say that it goes to zero. Mm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's I don't know about that one. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna get some like uh. So I've got Coinbase uh set up. Coinbase is the. I think it's the only one that has like a a public listing in the New York Stock Exchange. If I'm not incorrect. Um, mm. at this stage anyway, I think there's a few that are kind of filing. And these guys will allow you to say buy whatever fifty euro of Bitcoin a month automatically off your card at whatever the market price is. I think that's probably the strategy that I'll do. So I'll have some exposure there. But um, mm. like that as the nest egg for me, I don't have the appetite for that. Some people do. Yeah, but it is the case of like wait till you get the bill for not doing it. Like you'd be like. <laughs> yeah kicking yourself okay put that 2k a month into bitcoin let it ride <laughs> you didn't need it anyway no but it's just to have something in it not to almost not to feel guilty yeah. if if probably when it does grow okay. and grow you just gave me an idea there let's talk about i know we're kind of pushing time here like but hmm. um let's talk quickly about barista fire have you heard about this barista fire no is it anything to do with investing in coffee absolutely not but uh it is so barista fire is um it is it's the same as um financial freedom uh, retire early kind of ethos except it's front loading the it's front loading the the investment so getting crazy as early as you can in life and making the calculation of the compounding for when you're 60 right um and then you take you stop uh worrying about it because you've already got your nest egg ready when you're 35 or whatever um, and then you become a barista or you know you just you basically just mess around don't work too hard just make enough money to pay your day-to-day bills because you front-loaded the compounding and yeah, it, when you're 60 it's going to be it's all going to be that's when you get your money mm. so it's an interesting one and I think that well, it, makes, it makes sense if you have enough to, to front-load yeah exactly so say if you've got say if you're 30 and you've got 200 grand and you put that in there, mm-hmm. uh, basically you'll be you'll be grand when you're sixty. You know, yeah. You would it. you prefer two hundred grand when you're thirty to enjoy two hundred grand, or would you prefer whatever three million when you're uh, sixty? Exactly. But when which would you prefer better? Look, there's an argument to say like when you're young, that's when you know that's when you want to buy the nice car and stuff like that. But what if you just want to not work that much? It's for people who don't mm. really want to. Uh, they want to spend a lot of time with that time freedom part, and I think yeah. that what you when you're saying about the the front loading the the Bitcoin might be a way of doing that. So just say, take ten grand, twenty grand, put it in Bitcoin. Um, say if Bitcoin goes to a million, that'll be half a million <laughs> that you'd have in Bitcoin that mm. you can mess around with. 
you know, and just forget about it. Uh, so what's that called again? Barista fire. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like that idea of just like working really hard until the year 40, save mm. everything and then just work as as needed till then. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting kind of concept. Mm. Um, it's it it's one, one of those things where it's, you know, how much is enough and mm-hmm. like how kind of what's your what I was going to say at the beginning of the, it makes, the you, it makes you realize how easy it is to stay rich once you get rich oh I'll be doing these rich people's valuations and Davey and I'm just like this guy made 400 grand this year in gains mm. didn't go to work that year do you know what I mean you have to own things and everyone like Tony Robbins says you've been taught to be a worker not an owner mm. always why like like uh, there's some countries uh, in the Nordics the governments are mad for getting their getting their citizens to own stocks and mm. global stocks like they're mad for it they have all these programs it's all government run loads of tax incentives in uh, New Zealand ETFs are tax free because they want people mm. to be able to save and make money they want people to be prosperous yeah I want like I said to somebody the other day I want Irish people to have like I want the rich people in Ireland to be the richest people in the world and I want everyone else to be rich too. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And in Ireland, sometimes we don't want rich people. Uh, anybody, you know, that's what it seems like the, mm. from the, the the policies that they have, you know. Um, is there any incentive really for investing from the government? It's certainly not in the mainstream anyway. Well, not to the average person. Imagine if they had a, an index where they said, okay, because mm. if you look at, this is an interesting stat, if you look at, uh, global gdp ireland's like number three behind guitar and stuff mm. you know because of multinationals and we do quite well you know we should be proud about that and the government thinks that's a good thing it is a good thing but we also have we don't have our citizens aren't wealthy though a portion of them are very true property proportion. but that's if you deduct property mm. it's not yeah. a liquid asset and you compare it to Canada, Australia, mm. like the average uh, wealth in Australia is six figures without housing. Well, very few people have. I think poor uh, poor people are more, more easy uh, to control. <laughs> Actually, you you once told me about the the flat Earth thing, and I said why why would they? Why is that a conspiracy? And he goes, you told me that uh, people are easier to control on a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Did I really? No, I, I don't remember that. Uh, anyway, so that might not get, make the final cut. Anyway, so <laughs> then we've got up to an hour here, right? So basically, they, we've covered pensions, we've covered uh, interactive brokers, the Giro. We're talking about uh, investing for the long term. We're talking about if you want to do the, the trading thing, you can do that. You go to that book, Mastering the Trade by John F. Carter, um, Barista the Fire, uh, Ray Dalio's All Weather Portfolio. We covered a lot there. So, mm. um, one of the best resources I could tell people to go to is lazyportfolioetf.com. Um, that gives you all different uh, investment strategies and how to build them. And there's stuff like Couch Potato, which is buying two ETFs every month and forgetting about it. And it gives you mm. all of like the returns over the last 10 years or 15 years or whatever. Um, I think the takeaway from this is you're, if you're going to be around for 20 years, you might as well be working towards something um if you're an entrepreneur and you're building a company that you're gonna have an exit one day fine a lot of people aren't like that a lot Mm. of people are in tech and they're making 150 grand a year and it's just Mm. you know evaporating on this and that and they don't have a plan for it right so you can have a plan for your your investment portfolio for 20 years horizon your plan for maximizing your the tax benefit for your children um having a, a pension to mop up any percentage that your employer might be throwing your way, but that's just that's just gravy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can either uh, figure out a way to retire early if you do those calculations or uh, become a barista, Mark. What do you think? <laughs> I think that's great. It's a great non-advice. Yeah, not financial advice, guys, uh, especially the, uh, the spread betting stuff. <laughs> stuff out there mark um okay so anyway so if you have any questions or anything like that any follow-up uh you can reach us at luke at shark.ie i think this is an important one i think uh the people out there that aren't invested uh you're 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 going to be left behind um you know eventually i think it's something that you need Mm -hmm. to really get get sometimes people need a 
sometimes people need a, a why, a reason, you know, mostly. And I think it's less for yourself almost than for your family. You owe it to them to do it. 100%. The, yeah. the day my child was born, my time horizon flew out decades. You know, mm. it's like it, whatever happens, if you're around 20 years from now, you can either be the, you know, like, you know, putting your hand in your pocket and only feeling your leg or mm. you can be able to help them out if they need help or yeah. just you'll be able to back them if they've got a business idea or if they for you know money is always going to be a reason to you know <laughs> to be rich <laughs> and on that note okay cool all right we'll wrap it up there thanks everybody thanks Emil. <laughs>